Today, we take a look at the Islanders roster top to bottom and ask whether certain players even have a spot in the lineup if the season started today. We've got that plus a new coach in Bridgeport. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sartre tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop, and you can also hear us now on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to discuss (coughs) on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We will have everything for you throughout this busy offseason, whether it's trade rumors, hirings, firings, Free agency rumors, if it's happening to the New York Islanders, we will have it for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Let's uh, get right down to business. First of all, before we get started with today's show, this Monday, next week, we will begin our off-season schedule, so we will have three shows a week from now, starting next Monday, until training camp opens up in September. So, it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the shows, unless there's big news. If there is big news, I am happy to do a show. You know, if something big happens on a Tuesday, I'll break in and and, and do a, a bonus episode. So, going to the summer schedule, and uh, that'll be three shows a week. We are always here for you throughout the year on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, I was doing some thinking and looking over the Islanders' depth chart. And, you know, the funny thing is that it's not exactly clear where certain players fit in to this scheme. And, you know, right now, for example, let's let's start with this. Zach Parise. We don't know yet 
whether he is going to re-sign or whether or not he really uh, could be back with the Islanders. But, you know, right now there are some players who were in the lineup last year who there may not be room for on this roster. I mean, the centers are pretty much set. Your top four right now, Bo Horvat, Brock Nelson, J.G. Pajot, again, assuming he's not part of some kind of a trade, and Casey Sezikis. Those are your top four centers. I would assume Otto Koivola would be next man up if uh, somebody went down with an injury. Uh, so we'll see, you know, whether or not uh, there's any changes there. But realistically, it would be in some way, shape, or form if there's a trade. And the most likely, again, trade candidate is J.G. Pajot. Then you go to the, the left wing. And this is sort of where you would think that if Zach Parise comes back, he becomes your third line left wing. You've got Anders Lee. You've got Pierre Engvall. You've got, right now, Matt Martin, Ross Johnston, Arno Durando, Ruslan Iskakov. Those would be your top six, if Zach Parise does re-sign, I assume what happens is Ross Johnston is either sent down to Bridgeport uh, or, you know, uh, then you can insert Zach Parise into the lineup there. If he's not, though, you could try to move Hudson Fashing to the left side you could have Arno Durando battle or Iskakov. You know, you need a third-line left winger. And whether it's Fashion or Durando or Iskakov or if it's Ross the Boss, that is sort of a weak area right now. I think Durando did a solid job in the limited amount of time he was up on the island. Didn't end up scoring a goal or assisting on a goal but certainly hustled, was positionally sound, wasn't afraid to shoot. I think he did a really good job. But, you know, here is the side that I think is sort of open. Because Engvall, yeah, he finished the year very strong. And you had Nelson, Engvall, and, uh, and Palmieri as your second line. But I don't think Engvall has proven yet that he is a top six forward. I think he's better suited for third line duty, but, you know, if you trade for that left wing, do you put him into that second line or first line? Could you move Anders Lee down to the third line if you do that, if you want to keep Engvall in that line with Nelson and Palmieri? There are variables here, but you know, if Parise comes back, I think the move they make to free up the cap space is sending Ross Johnston down to Bridgeport. That takes his $1.1 million off the cap. Uh, if he doesn't come back, though, that may open the door for a Durando or an Iskakov with a strong training camp 
to take over on the left side. Then you have the right side. And the right side is crowded as of right now because there are, right now, I would say, there are seven players with real NHL experience who could play on the right side. And the I think the first two lines on the right side are more or less set. I mean, you're going with Matthew Barzal in that first line. Kyle Palmieri, as we said, with Nelson and Engvall on your second line. So that is all set. But then you have four players competing, five players really, competing for two remaining spots in the lineup. And a couple of players who you, in your mind, penciled in to be everyday contributors in this lineup may not have room to get there. We're going to break down the situation on the right wing and a lot more when we continue this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. This is a product AG1. It's a daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I started taking AG1 a few months back, and, you know, I am not a big pill taker, so I wanted to get one supplement that was easy to take and would meet all my supplement needs and and. It was easy to make part of my routine. I just put, you know, mixed it with some water in a glass, one a day, and you've got all the nutrition you need, 75 high-quality ingredients that support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. So it really takes care of all of those needs. So I really trust AG1, and it even tastes pretty good, so I'm, I'm happy with that, and it costs less than $3 a day which is uh, less than your cold brew habit. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1, and you can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network to check it out. So the right wing is just kind of sitting there, open, but it's crowded. We mentioned Barzal. We mentioned Palmieri. Who's your third third liner? You have Hudson Fashing. He is certainly a candidate. You have Oliver Wallstrom if he comes back. Is it possible you can move Wally to the left side if he comes back? Yes, but... His natural position tends to be the right side. That would make sense. But again, we don't know if Wallstrom will sign. And we'll find that out by Saturday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And I'm sure it'll be one of the things we'll discuss on Monday's show. So everydayers, make sure you join us for that. You have Hudson Fashing, who earned a spot and a two-year one-way contract with his strong play. That gives you four NHL-quality right wings. We haven't even mentioned Cal Clutterbuck, who would be the fifth on this depth chart. And, you know, the thing about Clutter, obviously at this stage of his career, 
He has been injured a lot. You certainly need depth behind him. Whether or not you can count on him to play 75 or more games is up in the air. You have Julian Gauthier, who the Islanders just signed in the last week or so. He adds speed, something this team needs in the bottom six. But is there a place for him in the lineup? Because right now, I would say he is the sixth player on the depth chart at right wing, again, assuming that Wallstrom is indeed back. And we haven't even mentioned Simon Holmstrom yet. Holmstrom was with the Isles for 50 games last year. But, I mean, can you really say that Simon Holmstrom was a, a, a big part of this team's success? He played in 50 games and had a grand total of nine points, six goals, three assists. He was a minus four, which again, not the end of the world, but 39 shots on goal in 50 games. And the reason they didn't take him out of the lineup is he was at least positionally sound defensively more often than not. I believe that there really isn't room for Simon Holmstrom in this lineup right now. And the most logical thing is you could either move Holmstrom to the left side, especially if Parise does not come back. He played some there last year. But you could also send him back to the AHL because you know what? You don't need to put him on waivers in order to send him down there. So that is kind of out there. And Holmstrom, I, I think, needs more seasoning. He is still young. He is, you know, not one of those guys who is uh, over 30 by any stretch of the imagination. And I get the feeling that he is going to be starting the season in Bridgeport. I mean, he's making $863,000 a year regardless. This is the last year of his entry-level deal. He's only 22 years old. So having him back down there to get his confidence back, to play top six minutes most likely, and help the Bridgeport Islanders win in a year when Matt Martin's contract is up, when Cal Clutterbuck's contract is up, that's when you can start to say maybe if Holmstrom plays better, you bring him up. And if he's doing a really good job down in Bridgeport, you could always bring him up sooner and make room for him. But as of right now, uh, it just does not seem likely to me that he starts the season in the NHL. And, you know, that, again, there are seven NHL-quality right-wingers, and that doesn't even include Carlson Kuhlman and William Dufour, which would give you nine deep there. So don't think there's room for Holmstrom right now in this lineup. 
you may be able to get away with sort of moving, you know, if Clutterbuck, you want to spell him, you could have Gauthier play every other game with Clutterbuck or one out of every three games if you want to rest Clutter and make sure he's sharp for the stretch drive in the playoffs. That's another possibility. But as this team takes shape, barring a big signing or a big trade, and trade has obviously got to happen even if you want a signing, uh, there's not a lot of room. Now, one other area where things seem up in the air is your backup goaltending situation. Sorokin and Varlamov, Ilya Sorokin, Semi and Varlamov, they are both back. But who's your third goalie? As of right now, it's Jakob Skarik. But you know what? Skarik, who has yet to play in the NHL, he is also not signed his tender offer. And just like Oliver Wallstrom, we have until... Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time to see whether Skarek signs. And the reason he may not is because his path to the NHL right now is blocked with the New York Islanders. He can go back and be the number one guy in Bridgeport again this year. And Tristan Lennox will probably split the time with him. But if you have Varley on a four-year deal and nine more years of Sorokin, the only thing that Skarek can do, really, is to basically either be the injury guy who gets called up, or whether or not, uh, you know, he's playing to be traded, where you play well in Bridgeport, you look around. Now, the Islanders will hold his rights until he's 27 years old, even if he doesn't sign the qualifying offer, But if he doesn't sign, he can go back to Europe uh, and and play there. Or he can, you know, demand a trade of his rights. And the Islanders are not going to get much for him. But he is right now up in the air. And, you know, for him, the Islanders do not seem like the best place to be. As far as the defense goes, we know our uh, five of our top six. On the left side, you have Adam Pellick. Alexander Romanov, and then battling for that last spot, Sebastian Ajo, Samuel Bolduc. Again, assuming you don't bring in that puck-moving defenseman. On the right side, Ryan Polak, Noah Dobson, Scott Mayfield. Depth is an issue. Grant Hutton, Paul Ledoux on the on the left side, either Bolduc or Ajo, Robin Salo and Dennis Chalowski on the left side. To me, you know, left side, you have one extra guy, whether it's Ajo or Bolduc, who you know you can rely on. But on the right side, Hutton or Ledoux, yeah, great for a game or two. Not so sure you want to go on counting on them for too much longer. So these are the areas of concern. How do you get rid of the logjam at right wing? How do you slot in the left-wing situation if Zach Parise is not coming back? And we hopefully will know more about that. Look, he has until <laughs> he has until the season starts, really, probably. But I'm sure we'll hear a decision from him relatively soon. And then, who is your third goalie in this organization who you feel comfortable calling up 
if either Ilya Sorokin or Semyon Varlamov go down for a considerable amount of time. Those are the big questions that the Islanders need to answer, and we'll see. You, you've got the rest of this offseason to try to figure that out. You're going to have training camp and preseason to take a look at these players, and <clears throat> I, I, I still think that Parise, there's room for him. Simon Holmstrom, probably not. And then you have that log jam on the right side uh, where the Islanders have to figure out something as to how to break it down. To me, moving one of those potential right-wingers to the left side makes sense if, and it's a big if, Zach Parise isn't back. We have got more to get to on today's show. The Islanders did hire a new coach for Bridgeport. We'll talk about that. Plus, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a very popular goal-scoring winger from the 90s. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So the Islanders made it official on Thursday, and I I can't say it was any surprise. Rick uh, Kowalski named the next head coach of the Bridgeport Islanders. He was an assistant for the last two years under Brent Thompson and uh, three years with the Devils and, you know, coached as a head coach in the AHL and the Devils organization before, was AHL Coach of the Year back in 2016 when he, with the Devils organization. Albany was 46-20-10 that year. And he also coached in, coached in the ECHL with the Trenton uh, club and was the top coach in that league, winning the John Brophy Award. And if you are old enough to remember the Long Island Ducks playing at the old Comac Arena, John Brophy, uh, who later coached in the NHL as well, uh, basically the coaching award is named after him. So we still don't know who the assistants will be, but as of right now, uh, we do know that Kowalski is indeed going to be the Islanders' next uh, head coach for Bridgeport. Oh, by the way, uh, Bridgeport also announcing their schedule for the upcoming season, and it opens up Friday, October 13th, on the road uh, in Rochester against the Rochester Americans. Uh, The first... Three games of the year are all road games. The home opener for the Bridgeport Islanders, Saturday, October 21st, against the Utica Comets, and that is a 7 o'clock Eastern time start. If you want to find out more about uh, Bridgeport's schedule, check out their official website, but certainly uh, nice to see Bridgeport's schedule being released officially. And as always, during the season, and as long as Bridgeport is playing, you know we have our weekly farm report here, usually on Wednesdays. So make sure you uh, join us all year round. We're going to cover the Islanders organization from top to bottom, and our farm report is on Wednesdays. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And this this is a fun one. This is a player who in my mind, really was uh, 
a really solid New York Islander, and hard to believe that Saturday will be the 60th birthday for former Islanders winger Steve Thomas. Thomas actually born in Stockport, England, 5'11", 185 pounds, was not drafted, made his NHL debut with Toronto during the 84-85 season, then went on to play for the Blackhawks and joined the Islanders early in the 91-92 season in a trade and spent really four seasons on the island. But boy, did he make an immediate impact. In 71 games in 1991-92, his first season with the team, 28 goals, 70 points. So he became practically a a point-a-game player right away. The following year, 37 goals, 87 points, and 111 penalty minutes in 79 games. And then in 93-94, he goes on a tear, scores a career-high 42 goals, has 75 points and 139 penalty minutes. 94-95 was a lockout-shortened season, 11 goals, 26 points in 47 games. His play fell off. He then played for the Devils, had another tour with the Maple Leafs and Blackhawks, the Ducks, and then the Red Wings. He played in 1,235 career NHL games, 421 goals, 933 points, and 1,306 penalty minutes. He played, Steve Thomas, in 174 playoff games. I hate to say it, but that is almost three complete seasons And yet, he never did win that elusive Stanley Cup. Went on to be a coach, an assistant in Tampa Bay and St. Louis. Last coached with the Blues in 2016-2017. One of his better games with the Isles, a great one. November 27th, 1993, at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders hosting that other New York area team that plays at Madison Square Garden, the Rangers, and Mike Richter getting the start for the Rangers, Ron Hextall, the goalie for the Islanders. This was a rough game, full of a lot of fights, but in the end, the Islanders, with 37 saves by Ron Hextall, they chase Mike Richter, Glenn Healy ends up coming in and actually takes the loss. But for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Steve Thomas, a hat trick. One of the goals at even strength, two on the power play. He potted the game winner and tied for the team lead with five shots on goal as the Islanders beat the Rangers by a score of 6-4. to four. And... Uh, Just a really good, solid game there. Six career NHL hat tricks for Steve Thomas, uh, a goal-scoring winger who really was a big part of the Islanders. And in 92-93, during that famous playoff run, unfortunately, he was limited to just four games before being injured and had one goal in those four games. Uh, Excuse me, that was the following year. 18 games. Nine goals, 17 points. Misread it, sorry. And, you know, a point-a-game player in the playoffs, in that run to the conference final, you got to appreciate what Steve Thomas brought to the table. So, happy 60th birthday to Steve Thomas. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. 
I want to thank everyone once again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is Monday on the show. We'll have the latest on what happens with Oliver Wallstrom and Jakob Skarik and their qualifying offers. And we'll have all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings as well. Remember, starting next week, we go to a three-show-a-week schedule, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, barring some big news. So don't forget to tune in and, again, subscribe so you get the new episodes as soon as they drop. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, keep cool, and, of course, let's go Islanders.